0: Hey guys. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So today I am joined with a very special guest, Taylor Mondick, who is running for Texas State Representative 95. So first, Taylor, can you let everybody know just a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Taylor Mondek, and like you said, I'm running for Texas House District 95. I'm a small business owner. Um, I opened up a gym, actually, when I was 23 years old, and we're celebrating our 11th anniversary here pretty soon. So uh, what got me into politics, really, though, was I'm trying to flip a district. So we have been kind of held captive by the left for decades and uh, haven't had a lot of conservatives step up to the plate and try to run you know for various reasons and so i've been busy since november last november um just working this district hard and letting them know you know we have a choice this election we've got a conservative on the ballot and that's pretty much me in a nutshell especially right now just the campaign
0: Nice. Well, kudos to you for running and going up against all of that. I always get so excited when good people are running for office. And I, especially right now in our country, we just really, really need that. So it really pumps me up to see, to see p- good people running. Um, what specifically was going on in your district, District 95 in Texas, um, that made you decide to run?
1: Sure. Well, for one, it was just the lack of accessibility. And the inaction coming from our current representative, you know, my opponent. She's been in office since 2012, and it seems like every time things get hairy, she disappears. You know, we call her "no show" Nicole because she's she's never here. And I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, you may have remembered when a bunch of Democrats um, in Texas flew off. They broke quorum, They flew to DC, and uh, while they were in session, and then the governor said, you know, basically was like, "We're going to arrest you when you come back." And you know she was the face of that. So, mm. and that had real life consequences. You know, teachers weren't able to get a retirement check that they were voting on, and that's just one example. So that, and then my district, ninety five. Um, you know, the average household income is forty six thousand dollars. You know, so that's that's not a lot, and we have. Uh, one of the lowest, no, the lowest life expectancy in the entire state in my zip code where I live. Wow. And I'm I'm listening to my representative, at least, you know, whenever she speaks, talk about being a champion for the people and, you know, helping out the underdog. And I'm looking around at my district and thinking, you're, you're hoodwinking everybody. Mm. You're not doing anything. We've got the lowest rated schools in the state of Texas and here in 95. We've got... Uh, poverty that is just everywhere on every corner, homelessness, uh, you know, the crime rate is skyrocketing. Those things just led me, I could not sit by anymore and just not do anything. And I, I felt called to do this, you know, win or lose. There was a reason, you know, they got said, Hey, get, get up and go file. You're going to do this. But, um, I just cannot take the hypocrisy and the lies anymore.
0: Yeah, well, good for you. And it takes a lot of courage to go up against all of that. I mean, everybody that listens to my podcast knows that I'm a Christian, and these are just things that I would consider evil. So it takes a lot of courage to go up against all of these things. So I just want to say kudos to you, um, because it, it really, really does. So I read through your website, which, by the way, everyone should go check out at dot 95com And your stances and policies sound amazing to me, Amer- America first is just a very missed agenda right now. Um, So can we just sort of talk through all these policies of yours, just sort of one by one, starting with your stance on illegal immigration at the Texas border? Because that just is a huge, huge issue that I think a lot of people are somehow forgetting about right now.
1: Yeah, 100%. In fact, I'll be going down there um, in about three weeks to kind of get a feel for it myself. So I I put myself in the middle of the situation, see what's going on. But, you know, I check the... uh, the The border border patrol website almost daily, and I'm looking at the encounters that they're having, and it is it's unbelievable. Like I think up to date right now, we've had 198,000 plus unaccompanied minors Mm. that have been encountered at the border. That is a humanitarian crisis. Yeah. And so I think if we can message it like that, this is something that both Democrats and Republicans can get on the same side as because we're talking about drugs that we a number amount of drugs we haven't even seen before mm-hmm. being flooded into our state they just found 18 dead illegal immigrants in uh in a small town in in texas that had died trying to cross the border mm-hmm. i mean this is crazy and i i don't think that we've even seen the effects of what is going on down south yet mm-hmm. and i'll say that you know more importantly we've got i've Immigration is fine. That's what made America. Mm -hmm. And I think I was speaking to a voter the other day, and she told me, you know, everyone says legal, 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 but it took me 12 years to become a citizen, and I lost scholarships and X, Y, and Z, and and so maybe— There are there there are components to the current legislation for becoming a legal you know U.S. citizen that we could look at. I'm happy to do that, but this what we have right now. I mean, it's Marxist in nature. First of all, this is what every regime has done throughout history when they are trying to completely fundamentally change a society or group of people, Mm -hmm. and we can see that. So, it is important to me. We need to shut it down. We need to have a backbone, and at this point, say you know. Screw what the federal government says and let Texans protect Texas.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, it does become a state's issue. I mean, these are your your people. These are Texans who are being affected by this. And and just like you said, the people that are coming over are hurt. They're killed. They they die. They, it's a humanitarian crisis, like you just said. And I think that the left looks at it in such a superficial way. Um, you know, it's just we're, we're welcoming everybody. So we are the good guys. And it's like, no, do you see what's happening to these people when they're coming the wrong way? It's not just hurting America. It is hurting the people that are, that are doing the illegal immigrating. So, and the government overestimates its ability. The federal government always overestimates its ability to, to do anything. And I would argue that they don't actually want to fix this problem because like you said, regimes will do this when they want to get, when they want to get what they consider free and hassle free votes. Like they, they really think that it's just going to be these people come here. We offer them freebies for everything and then they'll vote for us. So That is just that the Democrats have always done that, but it does become like a state safety issue. And it also becomes a humanitarian crisis because these people are getting hurt and killed and and it truly is. So I I agree with you about the messaging and just letting people know that because they just, they really don't seem to know that. And I wish that more of these, you know, media sources would, would put it out, but I guess that's why people like me have podcasts so that we can tell you guys, but it it is important and why people like you have to have to run and, and have to win because we really need to, to fix these things that are hurting and, and killing people. And I think it's important what you said about not being a, against immigration. Everybody seems to have this misguided perception that the right just does not like immigrants. We, it just no, we don't have an issue with immigrants. We are all immigrants. Like uh, my family immigrated from Ireland. I mean, we've, we're we all immigrants here. We love immigrants here. We just don't want you to come legally because it's more dangerous for you. It's more dangerous for us. So let's just do it the right way. Why can't we just, you know like you said, said, like make a a better way. It doesn't have to be this dangerous, heinous, um, you know, lethal in some cases way. So it's just a very important thing. And I and I really appreciate your stance on it. So you also talk a lot about bite inflation, which we're all experiencing super fun stuff. Um, Inflation has been hitting so many Americans so hard. And you have this listed on your website. So I just I just would love to get more of your thoughts on Biden's inflation disaster, how it's damaging Americans and how you think we can solve the problem.
1: Yeah, well, I will say, you know, I do say Bidenflation a lot because he Mm -hmm. is a very easy target. His policies are a disaster. But, you know, we have also got to look back at when we started injecting this economy with an ungodly amount of money and just started that printing machine you know that's why we're really feeling the effects now and then you couple that with what was biden's like first action when he got into office he shut down the keystone pipeline yep and then you know uh, froze all of the the leases and you know texas is sitting right now on an amazing amount of natural gas and oil, and uh, we're not able to do anything. So, um, really pushing ag- pushing back against that is going to help us. But inflation on a macro level is going to be very hard for a state representative. So, what I like to discuss is cost of living. How can we drive down the cost of living? Mm. So for one, is in Texas specifically is buying back, buying down these property taxes. Um, I don't know about, you know, your state or where you're at, but Texas property taxes have skyrocketed, you know, um, and, and, and renters even were feeling it. In my uh, area where I live, we've seen a 19% increase in rent this year alone. It's things like that. If we can use uh, the surplus budgets that we have, like Texas is about to go into a $24 billion surplus. if. If we get the right people in and buy buy back, buy down some of these this property tax, then that is going to help alleviate you know, property taxes and renting, things like that. So there's a lot that we can do. Um, we really, I feel like states need to band together and push back against this Green New Deal, this disastrous energy policy. Stop giving subsidies to these corporations that come in and next thing you know, their entire wind farm is on fire because they don't work. Yeah. So it's just common
0: sense. Yep. Well, that's why it's called uncommon sense because common sense is not so common anymore. But I completely agree with you. And I do think it's going to take everybody focusing more on a micro level because at a macro level, the federal government just doesn't know what it's doing. These people in Washington, D.C. hide behind their fancy buildings and their fancy seals and their faux professionalism. And they expect everybody to take them at their word, take them seriously. No questions asked. Don't question authority. Most of these people in the federal government are are given their positions or they're or they're knighted their positions and they're and they're just friends of the people in power and and it's not it's I just feel like people um, attribute too much trust, like blind trust into the federal government to handle these big issues that they they have no clue how to handle you guys. They just pretend like they know how. Um, but I do agree with you, like focusing on a micro level and really solving the, the issues where you can solve them in the area that you're at and it will take everybody doing that. So I just really appreciate that you are focused and honed in on all of that because I, I you know, everybody needs to be. Everybody really needs to be. We, we need to solve this problem together and not just bank on the government, the federal government fixing everything for us. Um, But I would also argue, like, I mean, I know that inflation is from printing a bunch, a bunch of money with having nothing to back it with. Um, I also think it has a lot to do with our response to COVID the past few years. Like, I think that it was just wildly incompetent for world economies to be shut down like globally so many economies were shut down and everybody was just like you know what it's okay you don't have to go to work you don't have to produce anything like our economy is going to be okay if nothing's being made like we're going to be fine that's not how that's not how any of this has ever 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 worked and everybody needs to take an economics 101 class and and preferably a few more but it you can't just shut down the economy everywhere and then expect for the years following to not be a struggle, so I, I really don't understand why all of these economists and people, you know, on our TVs are acting like that is not a bigger part of all of this, but it, it is. I mean, it, it had to do with the supply chain, and we don't have as many things. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff working together that's causing this bite inflation, but ultimately, it's all of these leftist policies again <laughs> that are causing so much destruction and mayhem in our world. And I will just end with this point about me with my inflation rant. I just- I just, I just think that it's important like Taylor was saying to everybody just focus on your on your areas we can handle more things at a micro level than we can hoping that the the people at the macro level are going to help they're not they're not we have to take things into our own hands at some point and I would say that that point is now but prices aren't the only thing that are going up in our country crime is also much much higher in our nation ever since Biden or should I say Brandon <laughs> took office so I mean I live in Washington DC and I just remember this immediate shift from a feeling of relative safeness when Trump was in office to just this sort of very, very fast switch over to extreme danger. Like, I just do not feel safe in the city anymore. Um, I just started seeing missing persons posters all around the city. Businesses were boarding up to avoid break-ins. It just became a complete and total mess. So can you talk about how Biden crime rates are affecting Texans and how you plan to combat crime in your district?
1: Oh, yeah. You you hit the nail on the head, though. It, it was almost like a switch was flipped. And then it, it kind of, this sense of chaos all the time kind of crept in. So I understand what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, for one, and this kind of goes back to the border, but... It's not, it's reported, but it's not easy to find. You can go and look at the crime that has surrounded some of these border towns, or um, we've even heard about some crazy stories all the way up in Ohio with that 14 year old girl. I mean, it, it, the crime is out of control. I know here specifically, when, and I'll try to articulate this the right way, but when you have. Okay, the Democrats here are very big on affordable housing, for example, mm-hmm. and so they are constantly pushing that. So, when you have someone in affordable affordable housing and they can't make over a certain amount of money, and or they'll get kicked out and lose their home, what do they do? They're to hustle on the side, and right. that increases the crime rate. And I, I, for my area specifically, you know there are projects all around us. And the crime rate in, in these areas—I I mean, it's huge. It, it trickles in through the neighborhood. so it's—it's—it's—it starts from from there. You know, these government handouts where they—they they, they think that they're helping people. Yeah. Literally, it is, there's a direct correlation between that and and crime. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that. My my goal here in '95 is to—it's—it's—it's it's, it's daunting. I'm trying to do a culture shift here, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than a handout a hand up, you know, Yeah, we can talk about affordable housing, but let's make it to where you're learning a trade at the same time. Mm -hmm. you, You know, you have a certain amount of time to get certified, to get a job and to get you on your feet and get out of that situation that, out of that environment you know we don't hear enough politicians talking about things like that
0: yeah we don't I mean I love that I love how you put that a hand up not a hand out because there are so many leftist policies that do that it just it reminds me of welfare too you know like incentivizing fathers to be absent from the home is that really better for communities for families no I don't think so breaking up the family is not good for families um it's it's so true like the left the left just does this and and I, I it's another superficial like thing that they do do where they just think on the surface, this sounds good. We're helping people look here is some money or here is a home. And they think that they're helping people, but they're not because you're not giving them a hand up. You are giving them a hand out. And then when you have these thresholds that they can't get to, like they can't, they can't make enough money to get out of that situation because then they're kicked out of that situation and there is nowhere else for them to get. Like there's no, there's no way for them to really get out. And I would argue that this is what the left does. They try to trap people. People in. They try to trap people, they try to trap people in. Because if you do not, if you're not in a constant state of desperation, you're not gonna need a savior. And the left knows that and they don't want to help you. So they keep you down in those, they keep you, they just keep you down. Um, so but I agree with you on all of that. High crime rates come from desperation, and and leftism breeds desperation because they profit from it, they profit from it in votes. I just disagree with you a hundred percent. I mean, to solve the crime rates, you really just need to give people a hand up, not just a hand out and you really need to, you need to be very, very pro nuclear family. Like the family needs to stay together. That's another thing that the left hates is like the nuclear family. So no wonder they're trying to break it up. People are much better when they have an intact family and the left knows that and they don't want you to have that. Um, so you, i was speaking of families, I just kind of want to go over also, you have talked a lot about schools. Um, that's another big topic for your campaign. Um, and just as somebody who was homeschooled up until college, I completely agree with you that schools need to be a higher priority for all of America, honestly. On your website, you talk about how only 34% of Texas third graders can read at grade level and are proficient in math. Yet, as your website goes on to say, concerned parents are labeled as quote-unquote domestic terrorists and muffins with moms has turned into donuts with drag queens. It's just madness out here. It is such madness. So, can you just discuss this whole shift in more detail and how we can and how you plan to push back against it because it is so so crucial to protect the children with what's happening in, in the schools like what is all of this craziness
1: well I will tell you um, so I'm in Fort Worth and when I first uh, was playing around with the idea of running I went to some school board meetings and watching these parents at, at the, the Fort Worth ISD parents push back against whether it's crt or you know uh, comprehensive sex ed opting in and out of data collection surveys watching them push back really inspired me and it gave me a lot of hope because th- these mama bears and dads i mean they're out there and they're not they're pushing back so it was really it was really great to see i i don't know how we got to this donuts with drag queen uh-huh. thing it just came out of nowhere you know, it did, have yeah. we always been doing this. No, we never did that when I was in school, but <laughs> it, it, the school system is a beast. And for me, I'm a little bit radical. I think we need to tear the whole thing down. I'm talking Department of Education. I'm talking Texas um, Education Agency because we have given we have fattened their wallets so much. And like you said, you know, 60 percent of our kids cannot read. it's, It's what are we doing? So I would like to bring back a focus to obviously your basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, but also requiring public schools, government schools to offer trade, and apprenticeships.
0: Yes, I love that so much. I mean, kids would be so much more excited about their eventual chosen field if they had these apprenticeships and people teaching them. You know, what happened to that? Like, why are we so focused on like like child gender and sexuality? That's giving pedophile. It's giving pedophile vibes, okay? Because it is. It's grooming. And that word has been, uh, you know, <laughs> you can't say that on Twitter now because I don't know. I guess Twitter is team groomer, team pedophile, seems that way. I know Facebook is because they, that is what got me kicked off of Facebook was sharing some things about Hunter Biden. Not even anything that I said. It was just like a picture of Hunter Biden doing Hunter Biden things from his laptop. But you know, we can't talk about we can't talk bad about pedophiles on social media apparently. But we do need to bring these things back into the schools like apprenticeships would be amazing not everybody needs to go to college not everything that people decide to go into requires a degree for stem field stuff yeah you would you need to go to college probably but for other stuff no and apprenticeships would really i think it would just really make kids like excited we've never wanted needed or requested for the government to teach our kids about sex especially not like five six seven year olds so get that out of the schools we don't want it. Um, But I really agree with you on all of that. I think that that's all extremely important. And we do have to really, we have to break it down and build it back up because the education system is just beyond repair. Y'all, they are teaching your kids. CRT, look into that. I'm going to do more episodes on that. But CRT is just resegregation. It's getting all these kids who, by the way, are not (laughs) thinking about race or gender or sex. Like, they're you're trying to separate everybody and you're trying to get everybody to be an ist and to have everybody hate each other. Kids are just not thinking about these things and I think that I would just argue that the left is trying to get them to think about these things but CRT is just resegregation it's segregation like 2.0 it's getting everybody to be hyper focused on race and the feminists are trying to get everybody to be hyper focused on sex like everybody's trying to get everybody hyper focused on something and we just don't have to we don't have to divide ourselves like that out here so yeah I I completely agree with you we need to get schools back to teaching the things that schools are supposed to teach which is not sex and gender and all this other weird stuff it's basic reading writing arithmetic Let's just go back to the basics because this new, weird, progressive stuff, um, no, we're not doing better off with this. We need to get gender ideology, CRT, and the drag queens, the freaking drag queens, out of the schools. We just need to get them out of the schools. We need to break the system down and build it back up.
1: We do because I'm telling you, you know, there is a concerted effort to, to break... You had mentioned earlier earlier fatherless homes. So there's we already know that there's an effort to break down the nuclear family, get the dad out of the home, get the mom, get the single mom on welfare. But, you know, now they're going after kids. Their school, the one place where parents are supposed to feel comfortable leaving their kids, you know, six hours a day. And so, yeah, this is not something that we can just – you know, oh, it'll fix itself. It's definitely not. It's going to get worse. And you know, I mean, parents are pulling their kids out of public schools. I, I, I saw a, a statistic earlier. I think it was like two million Texas kids have not enrolled in school. You know, they're seeking alternatives. So we got to make
0: it easier for them. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's nice. It's nice to see that parents are pulling their kids out. I know that not everybody can do that, but to see parents putting their foot down, it's so inspiring. I love seeing it. There, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a there was a dad. I don't even remember what school board it was, but he, he took these, um, like pornographic books that he found that were in the school library. And this was like an elementary school library. And he took them to the, the school board meeting and he had prepared like this whole presentation. And he was trying to read the excerpts from these pornographic books that were in the school's library and the people, it was being live streamed on YouTube, this board, this school board meeting, and they shut him down and they wouldn't let him talk and they wouldn't let him read the books that they have in the elementary school like in their library for the kids to read so it's inappropriate for YouTube which is predominantly adults probably watching you know the school board especially what kids are watching that I don't know probably none um but it's perfectly fine in their view they they I'm sure that they kept these pornographic books in the in the school library the elementary school library but the dad trying to defend his children trying to stand up for his kids trying to I don't know um ensure that there's some sort of of uh, level of decency in the school system he got shut down so they wouldn't even let him they wouldn't it was like they were stopping him from telling the truth about what they were teaching their kids um which is horrendous. The, pub- the public school, however you want to look at it, um, we fund that. Like, we the citizens, that is our tax dollars going into this the public school system. So why is it that they get to shut down the dads and the moms who have something something to say? Like, if they have an issue, if they have a qualm, they should be allowed to voice that. To, that is what school boards are even for. So anyway, it's just really nice to see that people are, you know, taking a stand for their kids and that there is some sort of moral decency still in the world um and it, it's just really exciting for me to see but it really is going to take us all you know really putting our foot down because the government will do as much as the government can get away with and and that's just the truth of the matter
1: yes oh, we're gonna get there though this is america
0: we're gonna get there we're gonna get there with people like taylor running for office
1: hope so I, I i certainly hope so i'm working hard over here
0: well, I appreciate you. And I know there are a lot of other people who appreciate you as well. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. This has been a really great episode for me and I'm sure for my listeners as well. Can you please let everybody know where they can find you online and support your campaign?
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can find my website. It's mondic com, or an easier one is my95.win. That's M Y. 95.win. five dot win. Um, and I'm on Facebook uh, Taylor for Texas Instagram T Mondick I'm on Twitter Taylor Mondick and um, you know the support would go a long way I really am the well I am the only Republican in our county that's taking on a Democrat incumbent and so it's a David and Goliath story but we know with God all things are possible so your prayers your support would go a long way
0: yes well I will be praying for you I encourage my listeners to pray for you and you guys you should check him out online donate to his campaign. Campaign. It is a David and Goliath situation in our country right now, and I think it's going to be a lot more David's coming forth to fight these Goliaths. There's multiple Goliaths, and and we really need to get behind and support the people who are brave enough to go up against all of this evil. Um, we really, really need to do that. So I appreciate you coming on, Taylor. Thank you so much again, and you are welcome on any time.
1: Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate you too. You have a wonderful evening, and
0: thanks again. Always.